every once in a while, we have to bring out the big dog. Yeah. Oh, God help us. It's time for Danny Unleashed. <laughs> Sponsored by Eastern Roofing, where integrity matters. Go to easternroofing.com for more. Uh, Danny Clinkscale, uh, people don't know this, but he moonlights as uh, Sammy Hagar in a Van Halen tribute band. <laughs> he does. Hence the uh, Van Halen music there. there Little go. Danny Unleashed brought to you by our friends at Easton Roofing called Dan Joseph. Halen. Dan what is it called? Dan, Dan Halen. Halen. Dan Halen. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that is awesome. Nice. Right. I would kill to see. They, they all have names like that. Up top spandex pants. You know, <laughs> every song. The question just, mark stance. He just kind of sings like. Got this. another one called Dan the Night Away. <laughs> Unchained. Now you hit the ground running. Pan them off for unlawful scale knowledge. Danama. Danama. Yeah, the Danimal. Uh, Danny Klinkscale is with us. Uh, Easton Roofing, did you know the most exclusive commercial roofing manufacturers in the country? I'm talking about companies like Elevate, Gateco, Carlisle, JM. They always supply the very best roofing companies. Uh, they supply Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing is one of just a handful of companies uh, across the country that can say that. They write warranties on commercial flat roofs up to 30 years. Of course, they've been protecting your home, but also your business. No business is too big for Easton Roofing. Home or office Contact Eastern Roofing if you've got any questions. Uh, insulation, guttering as well. Uh, no payment collected until you're 100% satisfied. That's Eastern Roofing uh, working with, uh, partnered with Big Brothers and Big Sisters. Did you know that now a portion of every job Eastern Roofing does goes to Big Brothers Big Sisters? Locally owned and operated Kansas City company, not only giving you the best roof, but giving back to Kansas City with every single job that they do. We welcome Danny Klinkscale. Lead singer of <laughs> Dan Halen, Dan Halen fame, right? Danny, what what what's on your mind? Everything is on my mind. My mind is a whirling. What's the thing in Dervish? Dervish blazing saddles. Oh yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> yes, there's a there's a thing where he starts off. My mind is a whirling. Yes. I'll, I'll look that up I'll just that because up. I, I want to. So I am, tell is, you provincial putts. It is full of. It is full of. Uh, Everything from stadiums to conference basketball to winless seasons. Okay, let's start with the basketball because we haven't gotten there yet. Sounds good. Yeah, I think you what, just did a lot of stadiums. We, we we discuss topics every morning at our pre-show, 5.30 a.m. We get together and start kicking around the topics. Right. Um, 5.30 a.m. 5.30 a.m. That's right. London time. Yeah. Um, and we start the kicking around the topics. And by the way, Danny's uh, your mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives. That's Danny's mind right now. Okay, good to know. Just want to f- figure that out. Is that Blazing Saddles or yes, something? Yes, the next line is blow it out your. Uh, no, it has something to do with. Uh, it, it's something we can't do on the air. <laughs> right. Okay. Like many things, ah. Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, so at the meeting, at the big meeting, at the big meeting, the pre-dawn thank you, meeting. Thank you for getting me back mm-hmm. on track. Uh, you know, Curtis is one of his suggestions was KUK State. You know, what's got more at stake? I'm like, can we not throw Missouri in there? And he's like, well, what the hell do they have at stake? And I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm. We've got, we're, we're digging, we're working on a project, which means uh, jockey is is slogging through. 
the masses. Uh, by the way, do you like a kid wears a parka in here? Like he's like, well, he's he's a veteran of the heating and cooling. <laughs> he knows Curtis and I are going to have only, a nice It's either up. fifty or eighty. Well, it, it, it's you eighty, and else. usually Lebo's office is cold. That's where I work before I before and after mm-hmm. I do this segment. Mm-hmm. So it's usually cold in there. Right now, it's very warm, which is, I guess, the reason it's cold in here. It only goes into two places. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, he's working, he's working on. on has anybody ever, as a Final Four coach of the modern era, which I would call 1985 on, the 64-team era, right. um, ever had a winless conference season ever in their career? Because Dennis Gates, and I bring this up because I was like, I was like well, doesn't Missouri have something like, I know we've just kind of been like, well, they might go winless. Let's hope they win one. But is there anything to Well, we're going to find out just what is the worst conference season any Final Four coach has ever had. And we're working on that. We're digging through it. Because I, I think if you if you if if the results come back, we don't know what the results are going to be. But if the results come back that no one has, you know, no Final Four coach has ever had a season worse than just four wins or five wins or three wins, what? Well, I just want to, just to, while you're on that track, I do want to say definitively, if, if it's not zero, the worst is one in 15, Scott Drew. Scott Drew's not been to a Final Four? He's okay. How do he win a national oh, championship? I'm sorry. I, was thinking, I was thinking Bryce Drew. My bad. So he did go one in 15? He went, yeah, he went one okay. in 15. So we, we've got a one win. Granted, situation at Baylor, a bit different back then. Yes. It was. <laughs> right. But that's what we're going to find out. What is the, and that was his first year? Maybe. It was in those first. I think it was. It, it, it probably Because all was. he had was a conference season, right? No, have a he, he'd been there a couple years okay. when he was only allowed to play conference games. And I actually think they went 4-12 and 12 that year. It was early, though. Okay. So we're going to find So, all right, good point. 1-15. Well, we, and we might have had a, a get-out-of-jail-free card for Dennis Gates if, in fact, Oral Roberts was in a conference. They were not. They, they were, were not, not in a conference. Nope. I think they lost their last 20. They weren't in a conference. Uh, Sorry, Bill Self's like first that. year yeah. at, at ORU like is yeah. what you're talking about there. 21. We looked it up. They weren't in a conference, right? right. No, they aren't in a conference. There's no conference. Three years they were I'm looking they were. at it. So we're going to find out. Right. Right? But, th- but that's worth noting. Like, Hey, Bill Self did have a god-awful year. Right. But it wasn't once he'd gotten to a Power no, 5 league. No, it also wasn't. He wasn't after. taking over a team that was you know kind of bubble-ish-y. And it, it also wasn't after... You know, he had a good season. It wasn't his second; it was his first season when he was taking off, taking over from somebody else. So, if you, if, if we get the results back, and it's like Scott Drew, um, under being, horrendous yeah. circumstances, and then nobody else has ever done worse than like three and. What would you do if you were the new AD at Mizzou? I'd have. I don't think I would make a move this year. Be, but because he did have what you you have is a fine year and a, an absolutely awful year. Now my thought would be that if you have uh, if does, you are does building, awful define the year? Oh, it's we're, I, and I, I just I just because I think we've kind of at zero and six we picked up the trail, and we've kind of been of the mindset that like they're not winning a game, and so I think it's, we're kind of numb right, to well, the fact that they're oh, about to hang an over. In the league, if if I w- w- were if this was my job as athletic director and it all depended on who my basketball coach was, I might be inclined to pull the trigger. 
because it would seem to me that a fine basketball coach, which is what you're looking for, a fine basketball coach, not just, a, you know, you're not looking for a Hall of Famer maybe or you'd hope to find it, but a fine basketball coach I think would be able to prevent his team from losing every single game in conference uh, or and, and also uh, losing every game in this calendar year. Right. So, yeah, I would I would be thinking about it, but in a fair world, I guess also when you're assessing and you're going to be on the job. How is that not fair? Why does there need to be a distinction in a fair world that you're then going to give the guy another year? Why Why are you only going to waste a year? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess part of it would be maybe I look at the landscape and if I really saw somebody that I thought was an outstanding hire, I'd say... Yeah, let's, let's maybe let's think about that because in the long term, I'm not thinking that a coach who lets his team circle the drain all the way to winless is that good a coach. I agree. And I thought the commentary that I was listening to in the Arkansas game of and you've ruined ruined watching any Mizzou game or SEC basketball game on the SEC network. Because you have never been more right than the shameless homerism. Oh, it's awful. It's The the worst thing is to be the, the worst team in the game because they are just going to slobber all over how right. great you are. Right. Look at this team fighting with every inch of their being. Oh, they were, they were praising the fact that the huddle was tight. There hasn't been a single moment in this game when they had four or six players on the court. <laughs> I think that's commendable. It usually happens all the time. It, it, it was. I was just like, oh my god! No one's dunked on their own basket. Yeah, incredible. Da- Danny, Danny just killed SEC basketball <laughs> on the SEC network for me. But, but like, I think when you're at that point, I mean, like when that's what they're talking about about your club, it's like it's clear that the school has told the announcers, don't go anywhere near this record. You find a way. Like you, you know, don't even begin to analyze the team. Right. Well, what's working? What's not working? This guy did this at this school. Now he's transferred over. Can't play. You know, he doesn't fit. What they don't begin. To, there's no analysis of the team because it's there's nothing positive the, to say. The, the other part is, I think they've got maybe four guys on the team this year in a conference game. I think who've scored twenty or more points. I mean, it's not like they are rolling out a peewee basketball team of players, I think they've got some good players. They don't have – I'm not saying they, you know, have enough to jolly up the SEC title or something, but they, they have pretty good players. They, pretty good. They often play like a team whose coach got, like, kicked out of the game and they didn't have an assistant, and they just figure it out as they go along. <laughs> right, yes. There are times their offense looks like – what, what? Oh, he's not there anymore. We, we got to figure I, something out, guys. I do. I do kind of feel like um, that there are some pieces there, and I, and I'm willing to if you, if you go if you say okay, I'm going to go another year. Your conclusion is the transfer portal is complete hit or miss, and we hit pretty good last year, and we missed pretty bad this year. Let's give it another roll. See if we can hit it better. But they have holdovers too. Who I, I know. think. Have you know they haven't really regressed? I think they're decent players. I mean, Nick Honor can give you some. You know, but I was watching the, the game three games ago or something, and you know, clearly we've talked about how the announcer. I might have said this last week, and they they said, 
Well, we were talking about Missouri coaches before the game, and they want Nick Honor to put up 10 threes tonight. I'm like, that's the plan? I mean, Nick Honor's a nice three-point shooter. You know, when given space and everything, he's fine. But 10? 10? No. And they ended up shooting 11 in that game. They made five. So it was probably a good plan to dial down the three-point shooting. and hit it at a good percentage. But they told you for on-air use, Nick Honor. Part of the game plan tonight, Nick Honor, 10 three-point attempts. I, uh, do you see what they're trying to do offensively? No, no, I don't. I'll make sure. Although, to be fair, if you run all ball screen offense, it does look unplanned. But most teams do run ball screen offense, but they they will run run it well. and And then they will run other things, too, so that when it's ball, yeah, and they run it well. This more looks more like rec league offense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the ball's over here in your hands? I'm going to come over and screen for you. Right. Right. Okay. You know, I played enough, enough pickup basketball. You, if you were really smart, crafty, you were screening for the fellow. Now, the guy you were playing with might be just a ridiculous ball hog at one-on-one, and he w- wouldn't want the screen, but, you know... Yeah, it's not it's not good. No, I don't see it. And, and their only defensive adjustment seems to be, well, we're getting destroyed. We'll play zone. We'll play rec league zone too. It's like a two three. <laughs> it's like down at the old. Well, I'm I'm just curious, like Robinson Gymnasium. Well, it just it seems to me like you should have seen this team, and it's like, you know, Bob Huggins, and and West Virginia. He didn't press. At Cincinnati, he didn't press at West Virginia when he got there. One year, he looked at his team and went, "We can't throw it in the ocean, and I've got to get shot volume." So yes, we're going to crash the glass. His teams always do that, but we're going to have to turn teams over. So we're going to press. And he went to work. He looked at his team and said, "It can't do that." So we're going to do this. And when he had better offensive teams, he didn't play. That's right. Manic. That's right. And so better scores. Yes. And so I think you know that that that's like a miscalculation. Whatever. You know, I think, you know, figure out what your team does and adjust to it. I understand you have a system and a plan that you want to do, but you have a high-low. Bill Self was a high-low guy when he got to Kansas. Mm-hmm. There's there's some of that there. When he has a big, he has it this year. Mm-hmm. We see it now. But when he was four out, one in, we didn't see it. Right. He played differently. He changed the offense. Frank Martin, in the midst of a season that wasn't going the way he wanted – Change the offense. Like, that was the whole thing. It's like, nope, we're running this now. And it saved their season. I can't remember if that was the Elite Eight year or, or not, but they, they took off with Jacob Pullen. You know, like, well, you know, if you go over, that moment never happened. No. And, you know, like I said, Ofer is inexcusable to me. And unless you are, unless it's your first year. Everybody left right. in the portal. Right. You're right. left. You're playing three walk-ons. I get that. I might get that. I don't know if I get it completely, but I might get that. This is it's it's an excuse, and you know they can say all they want on the aforementioned SEC network. They've had a couple close games, and they've been in games with ten minutes to go. But generally, by the end of the game, I. Are, are we, what are they, 0-15 now? Mm-hmm. Are, are we on 15 dribble-outs 
Has the other team dribbled it out in 15 consecutive games? I think so. Yeah. I don't think there was a last-second chance for Missouri. No. 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 They have played. We looked at when they were 0-13, and there were two teams in their conference that had a larger margin, average margin of defeat than they did. Yeah, worst which, point which, differential. Yeah, which made me which stupidly predict they were going to beat Arkansas, and they got drubbed. <laughs> thought, about you, thought about you the whole game, <laughs> I buddy. I did, too, especially in the second like, half. Well, Curtis, Curtis picked the yeah, wrong, wrong side. He picked the wrong day to stop doing drugs. I thought about this. We may not find the best record. This will be the best record or worst record of a Final Four coach, but when they fell to 0-9 after they lost to Vandy, I did look to see... How many power conference teams had in the last thirty years had gone over to see who who what what the teams might be? And I, none of them are, are Final Four coaches. Uh, the best coach of the bunch would be Leonard Hamilton, who went over in '94 at Miami. Uh, I guess in what the circumstances there, because no he's idea. a good coach. Yeah, that was, well, that was for his, a long time. Maybe that's, maybe that's Dennis Gates. Hey, fourth year. Call him up. Can you make a call to the new AD and tell him yeah. about that winless season yeah. you had? That was his fourth Leonard. year at Miami and his eighth year in, in, in four years at Oklahoma State before that. But the other names are Melvin Watkins, Jim Wainwright, Harry Miller, Trent Johnson, Steve Prohm, a guy who's had some success, was 0 for 21. That was coming out of the COVID year. And was fired. Yeah. Kevin Stallings at Pitt in 2018. And the only other and was fired. And the only other 0 for team in a power conference this year is DePaul. And yeah. he's already fired. Yes. <laughs> they, they might need to fire that program. Uh, Melvin Watkins, who DePaul. went on to be an assistant at, at, at Mizzou. This happened at Oklahoma. He went over at A&M. A&M. Yeah. Uh, and the most recent to do it in 2022, Patrick Ewing. So you, oof, he's oof. doing all this work and you already have the answer? No, because th- this is just, these are the coaches that went over. You're trying to find the worst conference record for a Final Four coach. Those are two. Right. So, but we know no one's gone over. In the last 30 years. I, I'd forgotten that I had done this three weeks ago. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I did something about that. I just totally forgot. I was working on something else that, in the in the interim. Well, in the, in the... I was working on our first hour. In the, in the, uh, <laughs> effort, in the effort to do that, he can get the worst yeah. record. So that'll be yes. right. And this doesn't include power conference guys. But I thought I would just add, while he's working on the... It's it, it's a terrible look. You okay with that, Jogging? Hey. It is what it is, man. <laughs> I think I think it is what it is is the greatest phrase because it's meant to deflect the negative, but it's always negative. Yes. Nobody ever says it is what it is when it's yeah. okay. Yeah. When it's, yes. uh, let's take a break. Danny Kling skills with this little Danny Unleashed brought to you by our friends at Easton Roofing. Uh, listen, if you are a property manager, if you're a business owner, uh, Easton Roofing uh, has the entire plan. Turnkey solutions for you if you need any kind of roofing work done, parking plans, schedule safety plan, uh, warranty, expectations, all of it given to you up front. No guessing, no wondering how it's going to work, no shutting down the business for two or three hours. Let Eastern Roofing do it right. They're Kansas City's best. Call 913-257-5426. See them online at eastonroofing.com. All right, the good sense. End of the hour answer. Well, it would have been among position players who were all-stars as Royals, who played the fewest career games for the team? 
are four guys who are position player all-stars for the Royals who played fewer than 300 games for them. Who had the fewest number of games? Fewest number of games while being an all-star in a Royals uniform. Yes. I say position player. Position player. So not Mark Redman. Yeah. Dean Palmer. He is second fewest oh, at call. 201. Came over late in 97. Was an all-star in his only full season in 98. I don't know. Give me a position. Uh, outfield. He was in it. Was, it was a while. It was a ways back. Ooh. Oh, I'm not good. This could take forever. 1972. No, no shot. Richie Scheinblum, yeah. one of three Royal All-Stars in 1972. He played 170 career games with the Royals in two different stints. The other two, fewer than 300. 227 by Andrew Benintendi. And, <laughs> and 271 by Ken Harvey, who was 46 oh boy, today. Oh by the way, Scheinblum also played a very key role in Royals history. He was part of the trade for that Hal, brought Hal, Hal McRae, McRae yeah. to the Royals in the offseason in 1972. He and Roger Nelson to the Reds for Hal McRae and Wayne Simpson. So Richie Scheinblum? Richie Scheinblum. Uh, Good Sense, we were playing four there. You can get some right now. GoodSenseSubs.com if you want to order it online. The app, that's a great way to order as well. Uh, check it out. They've got their uh, low-carb option. The meatball side, it's their uh, wonderful meatballs and the signature marinara with some Parmesan cheese. You can make it even cheesier. Throw on the provolone. Uh, if you're going low-carb low, uh, low carb or keto uh, diet, uh, they've got an option for you. At Good Sense, order right now at GoodSenseSubs.com. Just want to add, this is my fault for not giving you a reminder uh, to plug this earlier. March 1st, today, as part of their uh, oh, that's right. 35th anniversary, they're having various specials all month yes. long. And today, you can get an 8-inch turkey sub for $3.50 at GoodSense. You get a limit of two, so if you want to, you can get two, or you can get two for yourself, whatever. But you can get an 8-inch turkey sub, all the delicious toppings, the bread, all that. $3.50. Slicing the meat and cheese right in front of you, baking the bread fresh two, three times each day. It's good food that makes good sense. Three fifty for an 8-inch turkey sub. Three fifty. Uh, get it right now at GoodSense, uh, GoodSenseSubs.com. Talking to Danny Klinkscale here in the program. So what is at stake for KU? Uh, <laughs> two seed? Like, does oh, that go I, away I, 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 if they I, drop I, this one? Yeah, I think they're. I mean, they're already by most things I'm seeing in the on the three line. Yeah, but I think they can get back to they, it. They can. But if they yeah. lose this. If they lose this. Does that, that take be, that away? That'd be very difficult. I think to get back. I mean, you know, if they if they won their last two and then won the Big Twelve tournament, they probably would have beaten three good teams. So I think they can. They. I don't think it's a death sentence as far as the two is concerned. But, but they still have to play at Houston. Right. That's yeah. the tough part of it. If, right. they, if you lose tomorrow, then you're. Right, I mean they are, losses. you know, they're they're not in a. They're I heard you talking yesterday about it. They're a completely unpredictable team, and it's not surprising because they are so thin. And you know, if you have a if you have four really good players out there when McCullough's not playing, you've got a chance to be have a good game against a, a good team, especially when you're playing in Allen Fieldhouse, which is generally when they've played their best games with the home crowd backing. And also, but also, if you have only four good players and one of them gets in a little foul trouble and one of them doesn't have a good night, then you're you're really in trouble. Do you think Furphy stays? Well, I think we've talked about this many times through the years. If you're projected to be 
a lottery pick, I would go. I mean, but I don't know what's the young, in the young man's mindset. And, and you've got. I, I, I think I, I would. I always tell people caution. Where do you see all the smoky McSmells a lot that right. come out of Europe that are going to be in the mix as well? But he looks. They've, got a, they've always got the, the two or three, like the French Center, and they've got right. a couple of the guys up there in those mock drafts now. But there's also a bunch more. There's the guy in Bosnia that hasn't. You know, his not, not like right. when they get the whole list. So what what is a lottery pick right now might end up being 22, and then you have a but team that's going to... But you would figure the people who are doing the drafts right now are, are putting those guys in. They're not. There's some of them they don't know about yet. Well, then, they're, they're, they're the then, most, then they shouldn't be making a list right well, now. Well, I, I, no, I think you make the list off the names that you know. There, there's the, the super high-end ones, and there's a... I forget the guy's name, but a French center who's like 7-1, and there's, you know, there's a yeah. there's a... A diet. Alex Saar. Yeah. In fact, the top two players, CBS just put one in a couple days ago. The top two players are from France. Yeah. Rissache, the small shooting or small forward, yes. is one, and Saar is two. So. And then there's another kid who's playing for, like, the G League Ignite, who's actually a foreign uh, guy that's in the, like, top ten-ish range. You know he's going to be there. Because Serbian he's point guard I, going I through. I mean, he looks, yeah. he looks the part of somebody who is going to have a long, fruitful career in the NBA. He, he looks a part he's, of what, he's, to me, a good team would take yeah. and stash down in the G League or let go play overseas. So is that what you want to do? Or do you want to make 200 k you know, yeah. flying charters playing for KU? Right, Because right. they ain't flying charters in the G League. No. So he, he is not in difference. this mock draft. Furphy is not. Which one are you looking at? Uh, CBS. Okay. A couple days ago. I mean... So I, I, yeah, that's that's the thing now is that you know you can make a nice little amount of money being a basketball player at KU. Yeah. So it's not as cut and dried as it once was when you know you weren't going to get much at all. So, but he's, you know, I don't think people, you know, when they watch him play, they're probably not thinking he's six nine. <laughs> now he probably isn't six nine for real, but I mean he's listed at six nine, so he's probably six seven and a half at least. And he can shoot, and he's athletic, and all those things. So, uh, I don't think that's a fluky to say that he could be a lottery pick. Uh, but I, I it just—it's hard for me to see Kansas having enough to win three or four games in a row in the tournament against good competition. Right? You get one freebie, even if you're a four, kind of. And then after that, they just haven't been consistent enough. And and on the road, they've been bad. I agree. Just like the Chiefs. No way they're winning four in a row. <laughs> but it's high-caliber opponents because there's been no consistency. Yeah, right. Sloppy play, penalties, turnovers, <laughs> no shot. Yeah, but they have the best quarterback, which is a little different. That is a little bit different. But the, you know what? KU's got the best quarterback. Bill Self. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's obvious. That always uh, – a chance with somebody like that, and we know that we're not talking about great basketball teams that are, you know where nine guys are going to play in the pros like we used to see right. sometimes. So the one thing I think they will benefit, which they usually don't have to worry about this, but you know it's like I, I was, I've seen Syracuse win with six guys, mm-hmm. and because when you get to tournament time, one Syracuse obviously. Under Jim Beheim would throw something that no one else you don't usually don't see the zone at him, and he recruited to it. It was, it was long right. zone. Of those kind they didn't of guys, just yeah. they didn't just play zone because we can't guard anybody. They recruited long guys that got into the passing lanes and all that. But then and also if you play that defense, you're not likely to get in foul trouble. Yeah, and the, but the extra TV timeouts, mm-hmm. like the extra long timeouts, they benefit the thinner benches. 
So Kansas will be a little bit better when they get longer breaks. They will. But, I mean, I think a lot of it, and it, it's turned in the last couple of days, Bill Self was gloom and doom about McCullough, and now he's yesterday said he might play it against Baylor. So, I mean, if he's... Well, Brian Haney was, they need, on, they Brian need Haney him. was on with us and said, sounded to me a little bit like Bill was calling out McCullough. Well, that's the voice of the Jayhawks said it on here, so... Maybe. I, I, we, all, we all know that the, the mindset of a player right now who's stayed an extra year, tested the waters, wanted to go to the NBA before... And it was told, you improve this, you improve that. He probably feels like he's shown that, that he can shoot better, that he can be a 20-point scorer. And now he's sitting there with a bulky knee, and he's like, uh, do I want to risk blowing this thing out? Does he look like an NBA guy to you? No. No. No, but that's, <laughs> that's not what he's thinking. Right. I mean, he looks like he could be a 3 and D eventually. You do the D. I need to see a little bit more of the three. Right. I, I agree. I know but, it's better this but, year. But, but he shot it. But it's also been declining as the year goes on. He shot on. it better enough that it looks like maybe that because he's on an arc where he's improved it, that just playing basketball all the time, he could improve it that much more. Yeah. I mean, whenever, you know, the, to me, the one of the dumbest things I've ever always said about basketball is, well, when this guy gets a jump shot, well, is he brutal now? Yeah. If he's brutal, he ain't finding it, okay? Yeah. I mean, I think the best example I can think of of that really is LeBron James. It's probably the only thing. He wasn't a very good shooter when he was young. Still not, but it's gotten better. It's gotten way better. I go back to something that Bill Self, this was before I worked here, and I think Bill Self told you this. It was it was around the time when Villanova, I think it was must have been the 18-19 season, because it was coming out of that Final Four game where Villanova just crushed the Jayhawks. And you asked Self about shooting. How do you get it? And he said you recruit it. And so Bill Self seems to think that the... Oh, you don't develop yeah, it. Yeah. It also no, doesn't help that McCullough's 30. I mean, it's... I mean, Ben Simmons... He will be 28, 23. Isn't yes. finding his shot. No. Yeah. It's not, he's not finding his heart either, apparently. No, no. Uh, we will take a break. Uh, one more with Danny. Get a little bit into the uh, Chiefs, uh, the sure. franchise tag on LeJarrius Sneed. Uh, no franchise tag on Chris Jones. How's that play out? Talk about it next with Danny Klingscale. Brought to you by our friends at Easton Roofing, Kansas City. City's best locally owned roofer. It's Easton Roofing. Find them online right now at EastonRoofing.com. Commercial or residential, it's Easton Roofing. A mountain of high quality entertainment out there. Like some BBC procedure or something. Man. It is the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHP. Shut up. It's not just me. Yeah, Thank you, Danny. I like that, you know, that leisurely pacing you get, you know, 15 edits to people with a gap-faced look on their... <laughs> what? Dude, that's you to watch. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Best part of that show is every single episode without fail, the person who provides the most crucial piece of evidence is like some unskilled worker on his smoke break. <laughs> and there's always at least two scenes where someone goes, well, either we absolutely have this one sewn up and then someone walks in, not so fast, 
or it's the other way around. We've You're got, bombing the shows yes. that oh, you but like. Uh, but that's, they're formulaic. But you know, well, no, no that, way we'll change. No way we'll catch this guy. I don't know about that. I mean, there's, there's obviously levels of points that are better than yes. others. I'm not saying it, but I, I, my, when my daughter lived with us for a short ill-fated span of time it's a very very smart young lady and i can't remember which one of them but at lunch every day she'd be watching one of them and i just walk out there and i just shake my head i'm like my it's just goodness. you're better you're better than this what are the shows you never said the names of the shows like the uh, um you know, well, procedurals, one, you know, well, this all those crime law and order. We were yeah, talking about Ice T during yeah. the break. That's what. But it's it is like that's the one with Mary, what's her name Hardigay. Yeah, that's the same that's thing. It, SVU. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's law that show order SVU. Blows. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're all crap. <laughs> I taught you too. I don't watch it. But it's kind <laughs> of classic. You know, it's all going to resolve in sixty minutes. So mm. whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, hey, if it's some if somebody gets enjoyment out of it, whatever. I, I'm, that's my opinion, though. I mean, I just, way, I mean I just I'm like, wow. Oh, I'm not. I mean, a lot of that show's been on for 20 freaking years. Somebody Somebody's likes it. Live. I mean, there's all kinds of crappy songs that went to number one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, millions of people liked them. So anyway. on this topic, don't say a bad word about Blue Bloods with Tom Selleck <laughs> or Dave and Marge Drovetta will have your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Quick Skills brought to you by well, Easton Roofing. No payment collected until you're 100 percent satisfied. Estimates always free. Commercial, residential, guttering, insulation. Yep, that's Easton Roofing. They got you covered. Uh, go to EastonRoofing.com. Surprised at all with the franchise tag on Sneed, no tag on Jones, and does it mean anything to you? You elitist snob. <laughs> I guess I'm more surprised at the instant reports that they are openly willing to trade him. You know, it was it was almost like bang bang. It wasn't like okay, we're given. Well, it came out with the initial report. Right. Some people didn't pick up on it and then right. the next day right. the echo stories came out it's like well that was in the initial report right. they said yeah I, we're I know. put the tag on but it's he was open to them talking trade i mean he wants to get paid and the chiefs right. think they can trade him right and so it, it seems to me like when that is the instant narrative it seems very unlikely that he's going to return but it seemed like almost a procedural thing, to use that word again, that mm-hmm. they are just putting the tag on him so they can trade him and, 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 a, and get him his money and, and all the, you know, the way that it's going to work. So uh, I think what it says to them is they think we have outstanding, we've been able to do a great job of finding these type of players. We have another great corner, we think. Whether he's great yet or not, and I think he's on the route to first it. team All Pro. Right, I mean, what right, defines great? If right. that's not it, right? Uh, and so it, this isn't a position that we can't fill. Uh, I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. I just hope that they can maximize the trade. I also hope that what the conversation has been is that if it doesn't work out, that they have a trade that they don't have a completely disgruntled player. You know, that he he just doesn't want to be here. But guys have played on the tag and not been happy about it and, and been just fine. They still have something to prove and uh, personally. So and hey, they you know they have to look in the mirror and say, how the hell am I playing for twenty two million this year or whatever the figure is? You know, I mean, it's, it's because others. 
Right. When their team wants to keep them, are giving them forty five million guaranteed. Right. Thirty million up front. Sure. And so it's I got to wait for my paycheck to roll around in week one. Like it's a big difference. Right. So I mean, I'm with you, but. <laughs> First world problem, but exactly a problem nonetheless. Right, I, compared to your peers, you'd rather have the. I mean, he has been making four hundred. Fourth round pick money, yeah, it's probably right, a little I mean, more than that by now. But right, um, but yeah, I think your point is is well taken, and he's won two Super Bowls, and Chris Jones yeah, has he, won three. The idea that like, yeah, hey, now it's time. Like, I I've been there, done that. Like, not everybody is Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. I want to win twelve. No, I got my rings. I ain't Charles Barkley, and now I need to be paid like Charles. Like, let's go. And there's no guarantees. We we think the Chiefs are going to win more Super Bowls. We do. But as noted, the Patriots went 10 years without winning one. What if Tom Brady was just a normal human being who, after, you know, when he was 37, just said, you know, we haven't been to the Super Bowl in 10 years. That's enough. That's enough for me. <laughs> but he wasn't. He was a driven maniac who you know treated his body better and better as time went on and you know did all kinds of whatever those mysterious things he does uh, with food and everything else so yeah these guys have they have the type they have the rings they have the prestige now they want to get paid and it's especially telling with someone who was a fourth round draft choice and didn't get a tremendous amount of money I don't know what it means as far as Chris Jones is concerned because I can't really read that room. Not the receiver room or the defensive lineman room, a phrase Chris that Jones. I, a word that I hate, but a phrase that I hate. When did we just stop calling them wide receivers? I need an addition to the wide receiver room. Shut up! You're not in the business. <laughs> it's just somebody trying to sound like they're you know they they're on the team or you know they're in the organization. Yeah. No. Uh, I have to ask something you just said, Danny. Mm-hmm. You, Tom Brady, by mysterious things with food, do you mean eats vegetables? <laughs> no, he's got his own seems- line of products. And, vi- you know, it's not just what he eats. I mean, it's I, I, we, it's hard to even explain. Uh, he's got a line of products. I don't know. I haven't really investigated them that much because I'm like, okay. TV 12, baby. He, he's doing what he's doing. It's It works for him. Avocado ice cream. Oh, that's... I love avocados and I love ice cream. Doesn't sound like a good mix to me, but no. I haven't had, you know, I haven't had it, so I don't know. Is Chris Jones back? Fifth, I, I'm. I think he still wants the big bag. So. Well, the way I put it is, the way he played this year. If you're the Chiefs, does it make you more inclined to give him more? more. At a year older. Than you were offering last no, year. Not more. No. no okay. No. And it, it, the way he played this year, if you're Chris Jones, you are you, want, you, are you more inclined to take less? No. No. So I don't see how this works. Well, wait, wait. Right. <laughs> Despite the fact that he's made now into the hundreds of millions of dollars and the fact that he certainly would like to be a chief for his entire career, what his... The narrative around him all this time has been that he does want to get paid, and he wants to be the top guy, whether that's a vanity project or just the money. The only reason to believe he's going to be back is that they didn't franchise him, which would make you think they're going to get something done before the actual free agent day comes around. 
And he said he's going to be back in a drunken state, on a stage, and <laughs> in a, in carried a, away with euphoria. euphoria. Exactly. He said he's going to be back for multiple years. Otherwise, there's nothing tangible about no. what's gone on that says, yeah, he's going to sign. Well, maybe the, only, maybe the only other part is maybe other people are looking at it, too, and saying, I don't know, 30. You know, maybe that maybe he's just not going to get the the kind of gigantic offer that's way better than the Chiefs. I, I think if it's pretty close, yeah, I think he would I come agree. back to the Chiefs. But if somebody's offering him, you know, ten million per in an extra year, but the Chiefs no, are trying to no. win a championship. And reality is, if he gets on the open market, there are teams that are trying to save their job. And so they'll overpay for Chris Jones. They probably will. Because they just want their $2.5 million GM check for another year. And so if I can get one more year, pay off the lake house, and then, okay, so I'll overextend and I'll blow up the cap two years from now, and I'll figure it out when i got to figure it out. Because I, I ain't going to be there then anyway. So they will overpay. Yeah, you could see the, well, they're in a terrible cap situation, but you could see a team like the Bills, in the Bills type of situation. Well, so, the Bills are over yeah, the cap. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, they're in a bad... But a team that, like, that, their mindset is, boy, we're pretty close. And he's he's got at least one great season left in him. We may have, I, to, I, eat, I, we have, we have to eat crap. I think it's the time. Bears at 8-9 and nine, and their general manager and head coach who are... They're going to bring in a bunch of picks... You throw him into the mix, they got to win. Like they just barely survived the axe. They can't go nine and eight and go look progress. They got to win. Right. They got to. They got to. And they got. They got to go against the Packers and the Lions. Like we got to load up. Here we go. We're, we're going to have a good draft and we're going to blow out some of this cap room. Like the Bears are the obvious landing point. You got a defensive head coach. Right. Like that's the spot that I think would do it. Raiders. Defensive mm-hmm. coach, right? You know, okay, you got the job. You're the interim guy. We took away the interim tag. We figured out the Chiefs, but you're not sitting on a eighty million dollar. Yeah, right. Get the recipe. You've got, you got the you're recipe. Not, you're not sitting on an eighty million dollar contract because I guarantee you, Antonio Pierce isn't making Sean Payton money. No, you knew no matter how bad it was, Sean Payton was coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're like, well, we got to get this thing going. Like, I don't have that many years. You got a GM who got in there by default. They'll spend big. Those teams will spend big. Yeah, it's just whether they'll spend big enough that it's a vast difference. I think it will be. And and if it is, I think he goes. I, if the Chiefs suddenly are willing to go at 28, 29, 30, I'll, I'll be really shocked. I, I, to me, you play the math with the age game. Mm-hmm. Their defense was great. Well, what was its most common trait? I don't know. It was the youngest one in the NFL. That seems to be the most obvious. You know, it's like, well, what, also, about, what's what the, about the play Chris Jones made in the Super Bowl where the guy was wide open and he overthrew? Oh, you mean the one where he completely wasn't blocked? I was just going to say that. that. Was, what? was absolutely a product of your defensive coordinator's design, and literally anybody you know, could have made it? And you can say, if you're advocating for Chris Jones, that he's he was a game record type player this year. But then why were the Chiefs blitzing all the time? Right. I mean, if, if he was destroying people and they could have just rushed with anybody, even Steve Spagnolo would rather rush with four. Sure. Any defensive coordinator would rather have that. You know, oh, good. We got seven more guys to play defense here. We don't even have to rush ever. We don't have to blitz ever. You know, a complete surprise three times a game. So if, if he was... 
they wouldn't be blitzing that much. No, I he has it in his DNA. I'm not saying you wouldn't do it ever. And, but. and the worst reason to sign him is like, well, Danny's making my point. How are they going to get to him without him? No. <laughs> no, that is not why you overpay, grossly overpay for someone. Who was the worst defensive lineman on the Chiefs this year? This year? They played. Derek Noddy? Unless he fell asleep on that play, he could have pressured the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Derek Noddy. I mean, <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I, I think you, you keep your cap in shape. You keep your defense young. You get as many picks as you can. For Chris Jones, that's just the third you walking have, out the door. You just have your price. Yeah. And you present it and then say, well, he's going to walk if, away. If they trade Sneed and keep Jones on a respectable deal, I won't have a problem with it. I It wouldn't be what I'd do. Right. I'd walk on both. But I won't have a problem with it. It's probably... Big people I'd probably be offering, better. I'd, pro- I'd probably be offering a deal that he won't take. Right. If it was me. Right. That's and right. If he, and be. if he does... Hey, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, this all worked out. Spectacular. (laughs) Welcome back, Chris. Yeah. Way to be, man. (laughs) Uh, All right, Danny. Great stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. We will indeed. Danny Klinkscale brought to you by our friends at Easton Roofing. Online at EastonRoofing.com. All right, Tyreek Hill is 30 today. 28 career touchdowns of at least 50 yards. How many players have had more? Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue.